أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله تبارك وتعالى وسلم على سيدنا محمد سيدنا وسندنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومولانا صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد الحمد لله رب العالمين Father, we've reached this Mubarak 24th night of Ramadan. Allah Ta'ala brought us to these Mubarak nights. Allah Ta'ala brought us to these Mubarak nights. And He served salvation to us on a plate. May Allah Ta'ala make us from the fortunate who have the good sense to take it, to eat it, to consume it, to make it our own while we still have the chance, while we still have the chance, while we still have the time. People think of Ramadan as a month where you go hungry, but I think of it the other way around. I think the rest of the year, running around, doom scrolling through social media, going to going to work, going to school, you know, focusing on so many other things. Sometimes we malnourish the ruh, and the ruh starts to become emaciated. It becomes hungry, and this Ramadan is uh, it's the time for the ruh too. Not just feast, but to bulk up, to eat those things and to consume those things that will make it strong, that will give it power, that will give it life. And uh, the fear that I have is of those days where the ruh may go hungry again. Of course, this is a, you know, this is our choice because the things we do in Ramadan, we can do them outside. Of course, the amount of madad you receive in Ramadan is not always there. But mashallah, right after Ramadan, people fast their six days. Right after Ramadan, less than a month will pass after Eid. And then you'll be in Dhul Qa'dah and Dhul Hijjah, the sacred days and the holy days. Uh, and then Muharram is also a sacred month. And uh, still you have Friday. Still you have uh, the fast days of Monday and Thursday. Still you have... So many things, you know, times and places. You can still crack open the Mus'haf and read. You can still pray Tahajjud. You, you don't have to pray 20 rak'ahs of Taraweeh. You can just pray a couple of ruka'at in the night. Like little baby rak'ahs. It's a tasqir, the diminutive form of rak'ah. Someone saw Imam Junaid rahimahullah ta'ala in a dream after he had passed. And he asked, what did Allah do with you? And he says, Allah forgave me. And uh, he says that once our life ended, all of the elegant discourses and all of the elegant words and discussions that we used to talk about in the majlis are all gone. And the only thing I have left in my account is ruka'at, just a few small, small rak'ahs that we used to pray in the night. Uh, Allah Ta'ala give us a couple of them as well. Ameen. Uh, so these nights are the nights of Allahumma. إِنَّكَ عَفُوٌ تُحِبُّ الْعَفْوَ فَعْفُ عَنِّي اللهم إِنَّكَ عَفُوٌ تُحِبُّ الْعَفْوَ فَعْفُ عَنِّي اللهم إِنَّكَ عَفُوٌ تُحِبُّ الْعَفْوَ فَعْفُ عَنِّي Ya Allah, you are the one who forgives completely and you love this complete forgiveness. So forgive me completely. Ameen. MashaAllah, I, the last couple of days I was traveling, so the bands were long because I was in a, in a masjid. And uh, masjid committees don't appreciate brevity. They feel like they have a fiduciary duty to get their money's worth out of you. So uh, they ask you to give like four bands and 
don't sleep. Um, so Alhamdulillah, mashallah, we did that and we did long-winded speeches so that the people uh, can listen to what functionally could have been said in five minutes or less. Um, but today, inshallah, we'll revert to our shorter form uh, of talk tonight. And we start with get, getting back to the Tariq Mashaykh Chisht, Hazrat Sheikh Zakaria, uh, reading about Sayyidina Uthman ibn Affan radiallahu ta'ala anhum. So the convention in Urdu is they refer to him as Usman Ghani. Usman, the, 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 the rich one, the wealthy one. Why? Because he spent his wealth in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He was an extremely wealthy man in Jahiliyyah and he had good business sense. And he was also an extremely wealthy person in Islam as well. And he spent everything that he had for the sake of Allah ta'ala. So he's referred to as Uthman al-Ghani. But I don't see the Arabs refer to him like that uh, as frequently or at all. Whereas in uh, our lands in the subcontinent, he's referred to as Uthman Ghani. Uh, may Allah Ta'ala be pleased with him. Sayyidina Uthman radiallahu anhu was the third Khalifa of the Messenger of Allah. He assumed the reins of the Caliphate on Saturday, the 24th of Muharram. Uh, on a Saturday, I should say, in the 24th year after Hij Hijra in the month of Muharram. He was appointed uh, by the decision of the the shura, the committee that was brought together to consult on who to succeed, uh, um, who to succeed the Prophet after Abu Bakr and after Omar radiallahu anhum. According to uh, Hafiz uh, uh, Ibn Athir, uh, sorry, Hafiz uh, Ibn Abdul Bar, um, who wrote the Isaba fi Ma'rifat al-Sahaba. Um, I apologize, that's not even Hafiz ibn Abdul Bar, that's just Hafiz uh, ibn Hajar. Um, Sayyidina Uthman radiallahu ta'ala anhu was born six years after the year of the elephant, the Amul Fil, which is the year that the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was born in. So he's older than Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu, but younger than Abu Bakr Siddiq and younger than the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He accepted Islam as a result of the efforts of Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anhu. And so other than Sayyidina Ali and other than Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhum, I believe all of the Ashara Mubashirin bil Jannah, they all accepted Islam at the hands of Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu. That once the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa called him to the deen, uh, he took these people and spoke to them in great seriousness uh, one by one. And he, his uh, conviction had a profound effect uh, on those people. So those early... Uh, great Sahaba from the Muhajireen, uh, anhum, they accepted Islam through Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq. Anhum. When he accepted Islam, the Messenger of Allah وسلم, gave his daughter Sayyidina Ruqayya to him in marriage. His Mubarak name is Uthman and his title is Dhunnurain. Dhunnurain means the one possessed of two lights. He was thus titled because the Messenger of Allah وسلم's daughter Ruqayya was uh, married to him and then after she passed away uh, salam, then the Rasul وسلم, married his daughter Umm Kulthum uh, salam, to him. There is no man other than Sayyidina Uthman anhu, had, who had the fortune of marrying two daughters of a Nabi. After, uh, uh, the passing of Sayyidina Ruqayya uh, 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 alayhi salam wa radiallahu anha, 
Um, the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is reported to have said that I was commanded by Allah to give my daughter Umm Kulthum uh, to Sayyidina Uthman ibn Affan in, uh, in marriage. When Sayyidina Umm Kulthum, the daughter of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Alayhi Salam wa ta'ala anha also passed in the ninth year after Hijrah. The Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, if he had another daughter uh, who needed to be married, he would have given her in marriage to Sayyidina Uthman radiallahu anhu. And this is a great hujjah in the face of the conspiracy theorists who speak ill of the companions radiallahu ta'ala anhum. Uh, that the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he there is no father better than him, and a father is very a good father is very sensitive and protective of his daughters. He has no weak spot that's more sensitive than his daughters. A man who has any humanity in him whatsoever uh, would protect his daughters. That's why it was so abhor abhorrent the practice of jahiliyyah for them to bury their daughters alive. It was a sign that there was no good left in that age anymore. And the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he himself was the father of so many daughters and he was a good father to all of those daughters. And there's a secret in this that the father who has many daughters, Allah Ta'ala gives that person barakah, Allah Ta'ala, those daughters are rahmah for him. I remember in our own khanqa, we're talking about the tarikh mashayikh chist, I remember in our own khanqa, there was a baby was born to two people who are in itikaf. Uh, uh, one was the grandfather, the paternal grandfather, and one was the maternal grandfather, the dada, and the nana of the, the, the baby. The paternal and maternal grandfather, both of them were in the khanqa performing itikaf. So someone, someone asked Hazrat who should be the one who buys the sweets to distribute. Uh, who, who, who do we have the right to hit up to buy the sweets to distribute in celebration of this baby being born? And the, the, the Shaykh, without skipping a beat, he says the Nana, the paternal uh, grandfather, because there's a Sunnah of being, I said the maternal grandfather, the, the father of the mother of the baby, because he says there's a Sunnah in being a, a maternal grandfather, whereas the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam had no, had no uh, 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 paternal grandchildren. Uh, but that's, there's a specialness about that, that bond between a father and the daughter. And what shahada do you want to have? What witness and what tazkiyah, what vouching for somebody's good character do you want to have higher than this? That the Messenger of Allah وسلم, married his daughter to him and then she passed away السلام, and then he married another daughter to him and she passed away السلام, and then he said, if I had another daughter to marry, I would have given her to this person. So this is a great hikmah of Allah Ta'ala that the precious ummah of the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa the one he trusted his daughters to, Allah Ta'ala trusted the ummah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa to him and he treated both of them with equal kindness. His genealogy is as follows, Uthman the son of Affan, the son of uh, Abil As, the son of Umayyah, the son of Abdul Shams, uh, the son of Abdul Manaf. Uh, his ancestry links with uh, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa through Abdul Manaf who had two sons. Uh, uh, Abdul Shams uh, was one of those uh, uh, sons and uh, uh, Hashim is the uh, brother of Abdul Shams. Uh, Rasulullah was the progeny of Hashim, Sayyidina Uthman was the progeny of, of Abdul Shams. 
And this is also something that people, it's important to realize, right? Out of the th three khulafa we mentioned thus far, Sayyidina Abu Bakr, Sayyidina Umar, and Sayyidina Uthman radiallahu ta'ala anhu, the closest in, in, the closest in family relation and lineage is Uthman radiallahu anhu. The clans of Quraysh that Sayyidina Umar and Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq are from are distant, whereas the, the, the clan that Sayyidina Uthman is from is close to the clan the Prophet wasallam is from. And again, the conspiracy theorist-minded people who base their aqidah on whack job conspiracy theories, they will portray as if there's some sort of like beef between Banu Umayyah and Banu Hashim, which is absolutely not the case at all. In fact, their branches of Quraysh were very close to one another. They used to intermarry very uh, frequently and they would politically make alliance with one another. Sayyidina Abu Sufyan uh, was reported to have encouraged Sayyidina Ali to take the caliphate quickly after the Prophet passed away. And Sayyidina Ali told him like, look, this is not your guys' Quraysh politics as usual. We have a different way of doing things. And uh, naturally, naturally they're allies to one another. Naturally, they were allies to one another, and naturally, they were in close, um, they were in close uh, uh, proximity and close relationship with one another. And you'll see that play out uh, in different parts of Islamic history. And uh, yes, Yazid was from Banu Umayyah, and he uh, was responsible, although not directly, but he was, he was in charge of the army from a distance that assassinated Sayyidina Hussein, and that's a despicable act for which you won't find any decent person speak good of him really until the day of judgment, except for people who want to throw stones at, at him for it. But he's one person. The entire clan of the Banu Umayyah uh, wasn't like that. And uh, Sayyidina Uthman ta'ala who definitely wasn't like that. Rather, he was the son-in-law of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He's part of the family of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Like we said that Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam described the day of judgment as being the day that uh, nobody's relatives will be able to benefit them, but I'll be able to benefit my relatives. And no one's in-laws will be able to benefit them except for my in-laws, I'll be able to benefit them. Sayyidina Uthman anhu was an embodiment uh, 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 and a treasure house of modesty, of haya. Sometimes they translate haya as modesty, sometimes they translate it as shame. Shame not in the sense that you did something shameful and then you feel shame, but shame as in a person is sensitive to not do anything immodest because of the, sh the, the shame that they would feel, that they're, they're, they do feel shame from the slightest of things. And this modesty and shame is not in front of the creation, rather in front of Allah Ta'ala. It's said that even when taking a bath in an enclosed bathroom, his modesty did not allow him to uh, completely uh, expose his nakedness. Rather, he would wash himself from underneath or from, from underneath a, a simple cloth. In the presence of Sayyidina Abu Bakr and Umar Anhu, Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam would also honor the modesty of Sayyidina Uthman anhu by straightening out his attire when he was in his presence. That Sayyidina Rasulullah this is his closeness and his respect for Sayyidina Abu Bakr and Omar, his two closest friends, that he would be without takalluf, that he would, he would sit very casually with them, like brothers and like friends sit. But then the formality of Sayyidina Uthman anhu, whose shame was his awareness of muraqaba of the presence of Allah Ta'ala was such that it didn't allow him to, 
to be casual, to let his guard down at any time. The Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam respected that and he would actually observe it uh, when he would be, uh, when he would come to the Mubarak presence of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that he affirmed it, that this is also a type of, uh, a type of the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala and this is a good thing and he would also observe it with Sayyidina uh, Uthman radiallahu anhu and the awliya of Allah Ta'ala, they have their different states. Somebody sainthood will make him happy every t all the time. Some people sainthood will make him cry every all the time. Some people sainthood will cause them to go and mix with the people um, and take harm from them. Some people their sainthood will cause them to uh, flee from people and be alone. The forms are different, but the love is the same. It's the love and the remembrance of Allah Taala. Tilawa, the recitation of the Quran and ibadah, worship and abundance were his special characteristics. Uh, he was one of the original Hafaz of the Qur'an uh, and he's the, he was one of the original Hafaz of the Qur'an uh, that memorized it with the Prophet And so in terms of the maqam of the hifz of the Qur'an, his, uh, his station is preeminent amongst the four khulafa. It can be said that, that, that the others memorized it later. But Sayyidina Uthman ibn Affan was the one who, as it came down, he would memorize it and he was one of the authoritative canonical uh, Quran teachers of the uh, Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum and uh, he was one of the, the narrators that the Qira'at come through even on the day he was martyred he was fasting uh, uh, ta'ala anhum he would sleep for a very short amount of time in the early part of the night and spend the rest of the night uh, reciting the uh, noble Quran he would complete uh, the entire recitation of the Quran sometimes in one night in spite of being extremely wealthy, his dress was generally of a very cheap and inferior kind. But he was very generous in charity. That He made a lot of money, but he didn't spend it on himself, he spent it on others. It was his practice to emancipate a slave on every Friday. Can you imagine that? I mean, slavery doesn't exist anymore, and alhamdulillah, mashallah, you know, without the discussion of the idea, the fact that the slavery in Islam is radically different than what they called slavery in America, which is um, a separate discussion that we're not going to get into right now. But uh, still, you know, to emancipate a slave every Friday, it takes no small amount of money and it's not a, a, any sort of like small deed. It's a great deed. It said that uh, some of the slaves came to Sayyidina al-Hasan al-Basri rahimahullah ta'ala from the, the Imam from the Tabi'een. And they said that, uh, please, we implore you, uh, give a bayan about the, uh, the virtue of freeing slaves so that we can also receive our freedom. And Sayyidina al-Hasan al-Basri agreed. So they waited for next, next majlis, will he speak about it? No. Next majlis, will he speak about it? No. And he just left it and they gave up hope. They thought maybe it came in one year and out the other. And uh, then sometime, like yeah, more than a year later, he uh, told the people about the virtues of freeing slaves. Everybody in the majlis wept. They freed their slaves and they paid money for the freeing of slaves. So these original slaves that were now free men who received their freedom, they came to thank uh, Al-Hasan al-Basri for reminding the people about the virtue of freeing the slave. And uh, uh, they said, why did it take you so long though? Like we thought you had just completely like, like you buried our request in, in the earth and like, you know, ignored it. Why did it take you so long to speak about this? And he said, I felt shy that like, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, I will, I've never freed a slave in my life. I felt shy and hypocritical to speak about something I haven't done myself. 
and it takes a lot of money. So he said, I started earning money and saving money so I could save up money in order just to free one slave. And then I thought, once I've done it, now I'm going to speak Allah, put barakah in it because I do it myself. Um, and, uh, but the idea is like, look, it's not something that you can do easily. But he spent a great amount of money on the manumission of slaves. Uh, when sometimes he failed to observe this Mubarak pra practice on Friday, he would compensate uh, for his omission by freeing two slaves the next Friday. Allah Ta'ala raised his rank. In view of the extreme difficulties which the most honored Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and the companions Radiallahu Anhum experienced on the uh, campaign of Tabuk, uh, the name of the Jaishul Usra, the army of hardship, is famous for this uh, expedition, exhorting the Sahaba radiallahu anhum to contribute. The Rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, "Whoever contributes for this army will receive Jannah." Sayyidina Uthman radiallahu anhu presented ten thousand gold coins, ten thousand dinars, seated on the seated on his mimbar on his Mubarak pulpit. The Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, transferring the coins from one hand to the other, "After today, it does not matter if Uthman does not render any act of virtue." Uh, the Rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam said of Sayyidina Uthman radiallahu anhu, every Nabi will have a, or every Nabi has a close companion, and my close companion in Jannah will be Uthman. He says, after Nabi Ibrahim and Nabi Lut alayhi wasallam, Uthman radiallahu anhu is the first person who made hijrah with his family. That all the other muhajirin that left their home for the sake of Allah did so alone. That Sayyidina, uh, uh, after Sayyidina Ibrahim and his wife Sara alayhi salam and his, um, his uh, nephew Sayyidina Lut alayhi salam, uh, they, they, they made hijra as a family. After them, the first one to make hijra as a family is Sayyidina Uthman radiallahu ta'ala anhum. Um, it's, 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 I don't know, it's very difficult to. Uh, explain these virtues like how how much they mean how much they mean that he trusted his entire um, family to the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam's promise there was another someone said well he's married to the prophet's daughter so alayhi salam so you know what else is he going to do uh, well there are other people who were married to the daughters of the nabi alayhi salatu wasallam who did something very different the uh, uh, you know the husband's utba and utaiba uh, uh, of uh, the other two daughters of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam um, they actually, they actually divorced. They actually divorced their daughters in order to uh, humiliate the Rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And then on this side, you have, um, you have, uh, you know, the son-in-law who made good, who made good on his uh, bond with the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And you know, imagine that that he presented ten thousand gold coins in order to arm the Jaish al-Usra. And the Rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam, while seated on his uh, Mubarak mimbar, uh, he said that uh, uh, he said that that after today it doesn't matter if Uthman doesn't render any other act of virtue. And did he render another act of virtue? Of course, he rendered so many. And this is a, there's another point to notice, and that's worthy of mention here as well, is that the Ashara Mubashirin bil Jannah, the ten uh, uh, the ten companions who are promised Jannah. Um, whose names are mentioned in the books of Aqidah. They include the four Khulafa Rashidun, and they include Sa'id bin Zayd, Talha, and Zubair, and uh, Abdurrahman bin Awf, Sa'ad bin Abi Waqas, um, uh, and uh, Aminu Hadihi al-Ummah, Abu Ubaidat ibn al-Jarrah, radiyallahu ta'ala anhum ajma'in. 
they're not the only 10 that, that the Prophet gave the Bishara, the glad tidings of Jannah to. There are others as well. It's narrated through Sahih and uh, well-authenticated chains of narration. The difference between these 10 and the others is that these 10, the glad tidings in the Bisharat was repeated so many times, it's gotten to the point of tawatur. So it's not only an issue of hadith, but it's also an issue of, of aqidah. And so this is you know, a proof of that, that this is one of the manifold times that Allah and the Nabi gave the Bisharat of, of, of Jannah to uh, Sayyidina Uthman, the glad tidings of Jannah to Sayyidina Uthman radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Once Sayyidina Uthman radiallahu anhu had contributed substantially for the army, his contribution was loaded on the back of sever, several camels. On this occasion, the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa raised both of his hands toward the heavens and supplicated. And he asked, O oh Allah, I'm pleased with Uthman. You too be pleased with him. And the companions radiallahu anhum also repeated this dua. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, raised people from this ummah that also they give for the sake of Allah Ta'ala, that their love of Allah Ta'ala is greater than their love for the wealth that they amass, that uh, their heart is connected with Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala as well. And Allah gives them the tawfiq that on top of their own personal ibadat, which are great, um, that they also have the ability to uh, funnel support to the deen of Allah Ta'ala so that they can through uh, their charity receive that reward that they couldn't do through their own personal piety alone while not ignoring their own personal piety. Imagine every one of those slaves that he freed, that slave prays, that slave says Bismillah, that slave says Alhamdulillah. They may not even be per perfect people, but they're people of deen and of iman. That all of that is written, those lifetimes worth of uh, of good deeds are written for them, that all of the people from the Jaisal Usra that he uh, equipped, all of their good deeds are written in the uh, book of deeds of Sayyidina Uthman anhu. All those people he taught Qur'an, that the Qur'an that he, he used to recite himself in his own private devotions also he taught them and that it's uh, the, you know, the Qira'ah of the people of Sham of uh, 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 Ibn Amir uh, from the Qur'an Sab'ah they narrate uh, their qira'ah from him that uh, all of that is now in his book of deeds from amongst a number of other things, from amongst a number of other things. Um, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala raise such men from the ummah. And so if you're not wealthy, don't beat yourself up. You have a sunnah in the, in, in the companions anhu, from the ones who uh, made patience with their poverty and still did great deeds. And if Allah gave you something, then don't, Try, don't follow the sunnah of the, the, the poor uh, companions عنه, and then hold fast to your money. Uh, hide like a secret love of your own wealth that you hold fast to your money and say, oh look, I follow, I'm following the sunnah and I'm, fo I'm following the awliya and look, you know, look how cheap my, my clothes are. It's not because you're zahid, because you turned away from the dunya, it's just because you're cheap and you want to hold on to your money. No, if you want to do zuhud, hold on to your money so you can spend it for in the sake of Allah Ta'ala. Allah gave you this provision and your path, the exemplar for your path is somebody else. Uh, so don't hold on to it and don't be miser, a miser with it like the same way that, that a sick person's intestines hold on to constipation. Don't be like that. Let it go. Let it go. You'll feel better. It'll be good for you. May, you'll receive the du'as of the righteous and you'll receive the du'as of the believers. And you'll also receive the shabash of the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa Watch. 
It's a hadith of the Prophet وسلم, that, your, that the deeds of the Ummah are shown to the Rasul وسلم, on a weekly basis. And whatever good deeds there are, he pra- praises Allah Ta'ala for it. And whatever bad deeds there are, uh, uh, he asks Allah to forgive us. You know, you're, you'll receive your shabash as well. That same Nabi who, sallallahu alayhi wa who raised his uh, tarf to the, to the heavens and said, Oh Allah, I'm pleased with Usman. You'll be pleased with him too. If Allah gave you some, something, you know, if Allah Ta'ala gave you something more than what your needs are, you give it as well. May Allah and his Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa be pleased with you as well. Uh, and there are so many things. There are so many things to give to, mashallah. Ramadan, there's more fundraisers you can, than you can shake a stick at. Uh, uh, give, give, give a little bit to all of them, inshallah. Give to all of them. Don't give to mine. Give to other people's, inshallah. Uh, uh, but uh, give, give to something to people. Support, support those people who are doing good. We have some of the ulama, mashallah. Some places they have no no support from any any quarter. We have entire states where there's only one or two mashaykh that are doing work, and they receive no quarter or no support from anywhere. Uh, give to them as well, inshallah. You know, arm that jaysh al-usra. Um, that, that, that is struggling in the path of Allah Ta'ala with nobody and uh, uh, with nobody to help them, that you be the one that helps them as well. May Allah Ta'ala give you uh, also that reward. May Allah and His Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam also be pleased with you. Sallallahu Ta'ala ala Rasulihi Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.